Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Recknell, and I am super excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Gilda Evans. I had the pleasure of guesting on Gilda's podcast a few months ago, and she has returned the favor to join us here today. Let me share a little bit more about Gilda with you. Gilda is a podcast host and writer with a strong background in media and entertainment. She has spent over 20 years researching and seeking answers for how to get her son with special needs the things he requires for his education, his health, and life in general. She became her son's self-taught advocate and is the creator of the Autism Resource Podcast. Designed for the special needs community and those who support it, this podcast deals with many, many topics, from education to government benefits to housing and almost everything in between. It also provides a one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and so much more. Listen to hear who Gilda's first inspiration was, the opportunities she sees for her son and other differently abled kids, and how gratitude plays a large role in maintaining her own mental health. I'm excited to get going, so let's dig in. Hello, Gilda. Welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you here today. Well, I am excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I've been looking forward to it. I feel like we had, we initially met uh, because I got to be a guest on your podcast and we talked about hope there. So I'm really excited to hear your story of using hope to motivate action in your life. And I wonder if you could, you could share that story with us. Oh, well, sure. Um, I get inspiration from a couple of main sources. Uh, The first one I'd like to mention is my dad who unfortunately has transitioned. He is no longer on this earthly plane. Um, He left um, about uh, almost two years ago. Let's say, let's call it closer to a year and a half. But he's still with me every day. I feel him in my heart and uh, he speaks to me in my mind. And he is a source of hope and inspiration. one of the greatest sources because my father um, is and was a survivor of the Holocaust. And he did not share his experiences with me until I was an adult. And uh, I understand and appreciate why, because I can tell you that hearing what he had to say was surreal for me to really think about my own father having gone through the horrors and the the incredible the the just the horrific things that he explained you know surviving the ghetto surviving Auschwitz-Birkenau surviving the death march surviving all of these things and when he when he shared that with me um I just thought to myself, my gosh, you know, if if someone can go through those kinds of ordeals and, you know, I asked him, what kept you going, dad? What was the thing that that enabled you to survive through all of it? And he just said, I just kept in my heart. I just kept thinking that if one person survives this whole thing, that one person is going to be me. And I just thought, wow, you know, if, if he can get through that with that kind of attitude and that kind of determination and hope and persistence, my goodness, I look at my problems and I think, wow, (laughs) this is a piece of cake. (laughs) 
you know, it's, it's all relative, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it? It's, there's an old saying that you take all your problems and all your worries and you throw them into a pile with everybody else's. And then when you see what everybody else is dealing with and going through, you say, well, you know what, if I have a choice, I'll take mine back. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me mine. I can deal with it. That They're familiar. You know, I get them. I understand how to deal with it. It's okay. And um, so that's, that's a major source of hope and inspiration for me is just thinking about my dad, you know, the darkest moments I've had in my life. Um, I thought about him. And that is what has really gotten me through uh, that. And also the inspiration that I get from my children. And in particular, I want to talk about my youngest son, who is a person with autism, very high functioning. Um, and I see what he went through as a young man, he's now in his 20s, but when he was a child, when he was growing up, when he was going through his teens, he had to contend with a myriad of comorbidities, things that that just basically shut, shut him down um, until he got to the other side of puberty, basically. Um, and he was able to pull himself out of that, pull himself through it with his own persistence, his own determination, his own intelligence, and just made the decision that he was not going to let things like selective mutism and dysgraphia and Tourette syndrome and OCD and all of these challenges that he was facing on top of his autism diagnosis. He was going to surmount all of that. And he did. And he is now a very successful young man on the, the path to a career in animation and or video game design. And he is also the inspiration and motivation for my podcast that you were a guest on and hopefully will be coming back as a guest soon. Um, he, he just prompted me to think back on what I went through when he was first diagnosed. He was diagnosed at the age of three. And I remember that feeling of being, like it's like being out in the middle of the ocean, treading water with no land in sight and no idea what direction to swim in. And, and you hail the passing ships and you go, hey, you wave at them, hey, hey, here I am. They sort of wave back at you and go, oh, hey, hi, we see you, but bye. <laughs> And, uh, and, and it's, it's just overwhelming and frustrating and can be very intimidating. And you have a question or a problem and you're wondering, who do I call? Who do I talk to about this? And, and you're told to call half a dozen different people. And you do with the same question and you get six totally different answers and you have no idea which one is right. And usually the first words you hear are no sorry, we don't do it that way. And unless you're like me and you respond to that with, well, then this will be the first time work with me here. <laughs> Love it. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Or, you know, God forbid English is not your first language. 
you know, then forget about it. And the one that ends up suffering the most, not to say that the parents don't suffer, they do, but the one that ends up suffering the most is the child. And that's just not right. So a couple of years ago, I had this epiphany and I realized that there wasn't, and until my podcast it is my podcast, as far as I know, is the only singular sort of seminal knowledge and resource base that a parent or an educator or a caregiver or a person with special needs themselves can go to with an issue or question or problem and just put something like oh, housing or education or behavioral therapy or whatever it is that they, that they happen to be looking for or wondering about. And up will pop three, six, 10, however many podcasts on that particular topic for them to listen to 24 seven for free with a vetted expert. And in your case, if they were to uh, put in stress, you know, or resilience or anything like that, there would be your podcast and they can listen to it and listen to this wonderful expert, give them very salient information on the topic. And then at the end, they say, hey, you know, if you have questions, if you want to know more, here's how to reach me. I'm happy to help. Oh, my goodness, Lindsay. You know, if I had had this 20 some years ago when my son was first diagnosed, I would have thought I found the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I can only yeah. imagine that. So many parents hearing you speak are thinking, God, I need this. So we will absolutely link to your podcast and all your resources in the show notes of this episode, because I, even 20 years ago, like you say, I don't think these conversations were even being had. You know, you talked about feeling overwhelmed and unsure, but it must've been very isolating also. Well, very much so because you you don't realize how many other parents and people out there are dealing with um, those around them whom they love who are differently abled. That is the term I prefer is, you know, differently abled. I think the last um, statistic that I heard was something like one in 39 being diagnosed every year. Uh, I mean, it keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And, uh, and, and, and I'm talking about the full, and I'm going to use the word spectrum, um, of diagnoses and people with special needs or people who are differently abled. Um, I believe that one in 39 might relate to the, the autism diagnosis, but, but I, I think frankly, it, it relates to much, much more. And I'd like to take this opportunity to share my own personal theory about labels right now. Um, first of all, I, I want to encourage everyone who's listening to reach out, no matter what your issue is, no matter what you're contending with, no matter what you're challenged by, reach out because I guarantee you that there are many other people in this world, on this planet, who are dealing with the same challenges and the same adversity, whatever it is, and there are people who want to share and people who want to support and people who want to help. And, you know, you can find that 
support, sometimes in the most unlikely places. So don't, you know, don't let that, that um, misguided feeling of isolation get to you uh, because there, there is, there is camaraderie and friendship and support out there. So the whole thing with labels that I wanted to, to discuss whether you're talking about special needs, differently abled people, or whether you're talking about any other kind of label, no matter what it is. I'm okay with labels in the sense that they serve to shorthand language. If I say, for example, autism to you, um, you may not have a specific idea of what I'm referring to in terms of the challenges that that particular individual might be facing because as the old saying goes, you meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism because it's very, very different from individual to individual. But it gives you a a broad general sense of the challenges they might be dealing with. Um, So in that that sense, I, I appreciate labels and terms because they do help us to communicate in certain circumstances more efficiently. Um, But I also feel, and I hope anyway, that at some point in the future, terms like the autism spectrum will fall by the wayside. They won't be necessary because as we grow, as we evolve, as that one in 39 goes down to one in 29 and then one to, and then one in 19, we will come to the realization that we are all part of the human spectrum. And the only thing that really matters is where our individual wavelength falls, because we're all different. You might be infrared, you might be visible spectrum, you might be ultraviolet. You know, we all we all vibrate on a different frequency. And that's okay. That's part of the, the beauty of our individuality. Um, we all have challenges. We all have shortcomings. We all have things that we're contending with and dealing with. But the bottom line is we are all human. And we we share that in common. And we are all part of that that human spectrum. And I just I just think it's a beautiful thing. And that's that's a place that I look forward to when we eventually get there as, as a species in terms of our perspective. Well, and that whole reduction of the stigma attached to that language, right? I appreciate, I appreciate a lot about what you said about the label of autism as an example, because I remember um, a girlfriend of mine had, you know, her son, he struggled. He was in kindergarten and his teacher didn't know how to um, didn't know how to relate to him. You know, she was harried. She had many other kids that she also had to contend with, of course. And she couldn't, she had a hard time seeing the beauty that was this small boy. And, um, so the response in the education system, and I imagine it must be the same from where you are, is to get him tested for autism, get him tested for these conditions. And, so he 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 got the label of being on the autism spectrum. And I remember her calling distressed about this and having a conversation similar to what you're talking about where the label made it so he can access the resources and the support that he needed at school that they needed as a family that she needed as his mom. Um and from that perspective, you know, she could appreciate the label as 
outdated and non-progressive as it should be, you know, we should be able to, to, um, support these kids without having to give them a label. But in that moment, at least he was getting the help and support he needed. So I appreciate that. But I also like what you said. Um, in fact, when you introduced your son as someone who is living with autism, you know, just that person first language, as opposed to illness first or condition first language is helping to reduce the stigma. And I just, I just think that's beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I don't think it's something that we think about as often as we should, or talk about as often as we could. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, these autism is not something that needs to be cured. (laughs) It is, it is not an illness. It is, it is just someone who's wired differently. And let me tell you that people with this particular gift, and I will call it a gift, are gifted in so many ways. Oh my goodness. I will tell you, sometimes I have conversations with my son and I think I'm talking to an existentialist. I mean, the the perspective that they have, the way that their brains work and the, the insight that they're able to gain on a particular topic or subject, the way that they see certain things, um, you know, the, the, the terms neurotypical and neurodiverse um, are, are used right now to refer to those of us who sort of fall into that broad, general, typical category and those who are considered diverse from that category. And so my my son would be considered neurodiverse. Um, but I will tell you that the the perspective that he is able to gain and the way that he sees things, a neurotypical person would never, never be able to, to see certain things in, in, in the way that he sees them. So I am appreciative to the nth degree of his insight and his opinion. I mean, there'll be a lot of times when I'll just, I'll call him and I'll ask him something because I want his opinion. I want to know how he sees something because I'll tell you nine times out of 10, he'll come up with something that I never would have thought of. And so it, it, it is, again, it is an amazing gift to have him in my life and anybody who has him in their life is, is lucky as far as I'm concerned. It's just so cool to see the pride in your voice, hear the pride in your voice and see the pride on your face. Um, you're, you know, even when you're speaking about your dad and your son, like it's, you, uh, you have this cool gift to really appreciate the beauty that is these individuals around you and the strengths that they bring to the world. I wonder if there's, um, if there's moms listening, if there's caregivers listening, if there's dads listening, um, and they aren't feeling quite as hopeful as you at the minute, you know, they're, they're maybe, uh, at the beginning of their journey with their, with their child or, or, you know, someone in their life that they love. Um, is there something hopeful that you can share with them as someone who's a little bit further down the path? Well, don't, don't give up and don't take the, no, we don't do it that way. Answer. Um, there there are people out there to support you. Uh, I, I highly recommend um, starting with going to my website, 
um, my podcast page because there are there is so much wonderful information there. Um, it's autismresourcepodcast.com. And if you are having a particular issue or a problem or you have a question, chances are now it's it's there's um about 90 podcasts up there right now and and it's growing all the time. It is a resource base that's there for you to use. Um, so if the particular issue that you're looking for isn't there, hopefully it will be soon, but chances are there's something, if not exactly close enough, that's there for you to at least get a foothold, at least figure out what direction to start swimming in. <laughs> if, if you remember what I was referring to earlier. Um, there's that, um, but there, like I said, there is community out there. There are Facebook groups, there are support groups, there are so many um, local organizations that that offer support. Um, so just be persistent. Be persistent. Don't give up. Um, love your child or whoever your loved one is that has the, the issue or the problem. And you know what? Talk to them. Talk with them. Ask them to share with you what they're going through. Listen to them. Don't try to make them fit into your box or into the box that you need to make them fit into. Accept the fact that they are different, differently abled, and they may have certain issues that they need to address or deal with differently than you do. And that's okay. That's really, really okay. It, it doesn't make them any less. It just makes them different. So opening your mind to that and accepting that can also bring a lot of peace and a lot of inspiration to find the answers that you need. Can I ask you also, while we're um, supporting our differently abled kids, you also have uh, neurotypical kids, I, I believe. Yeah. So again, I imagine that other that listeners are in a similar scenario. Um, I, I had a I had a guest on the podcast who who shared her story of her four kids, three of which suffered from mental. Uh, mental health challenges and the fourth who didn't. And just the struggle she had with, you know, wanting to support her three kids that were really struggling, but not leave her other, her other child out. Um, do you have any thoughts or advice for, for people who might be in a similar situation with multiple kids or, you know? Make them a part of the journey. Don't take it all on yourself. Um, you'd be amazed how incredibly supportive the siblings can be if they feel valued and they feel as though you are inviting them to be a part on this journey with you and your differently able child. Um, do research together. Uh, discover things together. When you have these discussions with your child who is differently abled, include the siblings have them be a part of that discussion. Have it be a group learning and sharing experience. It's 
amazing, not only how much closer that helps everyone grow, but also they're going to see things that you don't. They're going to have different opinions. They're going to have insights to share that you may not be aware of that will be incredibly helpful. So that, that is my, my biggest suggestion is don't treat them separately. Treat them as part of the whole. It's a family. Make it a family. And it will continue to be one. Oh, I love it. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Gilda. I just can't even believe that we're coming to the end of our time together. <laughs> I ask one question at the end of every show, and that is, Gilda, what gives you hope? Mm. Well, I'll tell you, um, it is waking up every day on uh, the right side of the grass, <laughs> knowing that I have incredible children. Fortunately, my mom is, is still on this earthly plane. I have wonderful friends in my life. And I spend some time every morning being grateful, just really, truly, and it sounds trite, I know, but I really, truly look into my heart and I think about all of those wonderful things and I just bathe in that gratitude for a while before I start my day. And it serves, it's sort of a reset if you will. It's my hope reset I love <laughs> that, it. I do, that I do every morning without fail. And um, I also meditate, but that's a whole different discussion because <laughs> everybody, everybody does that differently and in their own way. And, and I do highly recommend that as well. But um, having that little reset every morning and just adjusting your perspective in that way and starting your day, that's, that's what I found really helps me stay on, stay on course. So a little hope reset, man, I'm going to use that. I like that a lot. (laughs) And, and because we, we do, I, the, the language of gratitude, the language of mindfulness, the language of compassion and understanding and curiosity that comes up on this show a lot. And I, it's such a cool, it's such a cool message to share. And I love that we get to have these kinds of conversations because, you know, like you said, we are not alone in our journey. There is absolutely somebody who's going through something similar, um, probably not exactly the same, but something similar that can relate to, or you can learn from, or you can share your experiences with, because we are uh, not in this, you know, we're all in this together. I don't like that language, but you know, we are, it's, it's a community of people around us that you can draw strength from, that you can draw hope from, and also that internal sort of that internal peace and strength and and gratitude as well. So all of those words to say, thank you so, so much for being here with me today. I have learned so much about just about how to live a really forward thinking, hopeful life, considering all of those beautiful beautiful humans around you um and what it what it is like to to be inspired by people who have and are going through things that are harder than you'd like them to be <laughs> so i really appreciate you spending your time with us today well lindsay it's absolutely my pleasure 
Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I was so happy, am so happy to have been a guest on your podcast. And um, please come back and, and be a guest on mine again. <laughs> I can't Deal. wait to have you. <laughs> we will talk all things mental health. Don't you worry. I'm very excited okay. about it. <laughs> Thank you again. And we will be in touch very, very soon. I just want to say, Lindsay, that I so much appreciated this opportunity to be on your podcast because when you talk about healing and when you help other people heal, it's healing for yourself. So you've you've given me this opportunity to do some self-healing. And I really, really appreciate that as well. So thank you. And thank you also, by the way, for the work that you do. Um, Your work is so important and so vital. Um, So thank you as well. And I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Well, thank you. You've just made my day with all of those kind words. It is, you know, I have never felt more aligned to any work that I've ever done. And similar to you, this is healing work for me also. This, the, the journey that I'm on um, is, very, is a very personal one. The hope comes from a very personal place. And it, uh, it, it definitely gives me a lot of honor to speak to, um, to have these kinds of conversations and, and to be able to share my story along with yours. So thank you for that opportunity as well. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. These episodes are a labor of love. Inspiring conversations with hopeful people make my heart happy. If you also love this episode, it would be amazing if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Five stars if you're into it. It's these reviews that encourage Apple to promote this podcast to their network. And the more people that listen, the more hope we can spread into the world. Don't forget to check out the show notes of this episode to find all the links to my guests, books, and other resources referenced in this episode. You'll also find the link back to my website where you will find additional support and resources for you, your team, and your community. I truly believe that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And hearing from these guests on these episodes, I know that even more hopeful future is totally possible. I'm always looking for inspirational guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. You can find me on the contact form of my website at expertinhope.com or by email at lindsay at expertinhope.com. When I was a teenager and my sisters were leaving the house to go out for the night, I always made it a point to remind them to call me if they need me. It was my way to tell them that I cared and would always be there for them. I'd love you to know the same, so all of you listening out there, call me if you need me. Again, thank you for your love and support of this podcast, my work in hope, and your intentional focus on making your future better than today. After all, hope without action is just a wish.